A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine. I'm Holly Johnson, and each Tuesday I get together with my colleague Molly Pickering to share what we've been eating, what's got us thinking, and the new products that are worth trying. And don't miss our Thursday podcast, where we chat to some of the leading names in veganism. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you hit the subscribe button as it helps us to rate in the charts. It also means you'll be alerted to every new episode of your favourite podcast. If you're anything like me, life can quickly become chaotic and finding fresh and nutritional vegan recipes can become another thing to add to the to-do list. Our best-selling magazine, Vegan Food and Living, is on hand to help. You can join us today and try an issue for just 99p by visiting veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast or using code podcast when you order with us. You'll not only receive the magazine to your door, but also have access to thousands of plant-based recipes at your fingertips in our digital magazine archive, which is fully searchable and simple to use. Join us today and make cooking delicious vegan food that bit more exciting by visiting veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast. So for today's episode, I'm very excited to say we're joined by Patrick Baboumian, who is the star of The Game Changers and one of the world's strongest men. Hello, Patrick. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Hi. Uh, how are you? Um... I'm I'm good. I'm uh, well, um, as good as you can be in a situation like this where the world is on fire. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm coping with it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's just terrible, isn't it? I see on your Instagram yeah. that you were um, out protesting. Is it in Germany you live? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very near to Berlin. I'm just uh, half an hour outside of the city, basically. Um, so I, I joined the protest in uh, in Berlin. I think that's something um, that can also help. Um, just basically not not feel as helpless as you would do if you just sit in front of the TV and basically get hypnotized by, you know, by the terrible news that you get. Um, it's better to go out and uh, also. This way you can connect with people who are actually, um, you know, um, like Ukrainians who are actually part of this tragedy. So uh, it's great to connect with them and then see where, you know, there's a chance to help in some way. There are so many ways um, how you can help people. So um, it's always great to just connect and then use, you know, um, tragic moments like this just as, as an opportunity to um, basically, um, you know, show a better side of yourself. I think yeah. that's that's what it is. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I don't live near a city. I'm in quite a rural area, but there's, you know, huge collections going on um, all around me. And it's just, yeah, it's yeah. amazing seeing everyone kind of um, come together to try and help. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about your journey then. You started weight training at a really young age, didn't you? Was it nine? No, I was 14. I was 14 when I um, really seriously started uh, training. I was always, I think, basically, most kids are probably fascinated by strength. Like um, the, the the claim that my my dad is the world's strongest man, that is something that probably every boy has said at some time in his life. <laughs> um, and, and usually you don't hear my dad is the world's fastest man or the world's, I don't know, has the longest beard or so. <laughs> you, they always say they always say the strongest man because strength seems to be something that is just hardwired into you know at, at least when we were kids it's hardwired into our psyche that uh, we we are fascinated by you know strength and uh, for me it was also connected to um, stuff that 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 were happening when um, in my very early childhood so um, one of those things is uh, I lost my dad in a very early age. I was four years old when we had a car accident and um, everybody in in the car died um, except my mom. So my little sister was in the car. My dad was in the car. My mom was very severely injured. Um, that was just one episode. Uh, but also when I was born, that was exactly when the Iran-Iraq war uh, started. So... That was also something that was just a backdrop of my childhood, uh, you know, hearing bombings and, you know, all that uh, stuff that as a child um, just is very hard to understand and very hard to. Um, so so as a child, I had a lot of basically helplessness that I would, you know, in these situations and when terrible things would happen, I would feel a lot of helplessness. And my way of escapism and of, you know, getting away from that was superhero comics. So um, I would escape in this, you know, fantastic world where there were, you know, creatures who were in, insanely strong and uh, who had the ability to, you know, even withstand like uh, military forces and, and fight against them. Like the Hulk is oftentimes uh, depicted, uh, you know, fighting against tanks and stuff like that. So as a child, that was kind of I would identify with that, and I would, um, that was something that I connected very strongly to. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with me then later on, uh, you know, continuing to be fascinated by strength, but then also starting to train and starting to become strong myself and, uh, you know, do that as as a sport. 
Gosh, that's quite a story. I mean, it's absolutely tragic. Um, so sorry to hear, you know, such a young age, but you've obviously channeled that into, I mean, I guess a lot of people, a lot of kids are inspired by Marvel characters, but not a lot of them actually kind of <laughs> turn themselves into one, as it were. Um, but yeah, I suppose, you know, when you've had that kind of trauma, then it it does really shape um, the rest of your life, doesn't it? So so you start working out, you start getting strong. You were eating meat at the time, presumably, as a teenager. What yeah. led you to kind of think, actually, meat isn't the best thing for me? Mm. So strength training was one pretty big part of my life. Uh, and, you know, as I said, it, it's rooted very early on. Another thing that is rooted in my childhood is my fascination and, and love for animals. So uh, as a child, I was... And then also already as a child i wouldn't discriminate between like a lot of people have you know discriminate between different species of animals um like pets are cute and then everything that crawls in the ground and bucks and stuff like that not so cute uh, i didn't have that i never had that so, so while i i must say that in, in some times as a child uh, i would actually do terrible things to bucks because as a child you don't understand that they you can't hear them scream so uh, scream so things might hurt them but you don't you know you don't you don't just don't understand that as a, a small kid but what I, I was still really fascinated so I would you know um, I was very very young I would go in the garden and just grab all kinds of of uh, little critters and and uh, all kinds of bugs and and uh, earthworms and and all kinds of things and I would just stuff them into my pockets. So my, my mom would fight me, you know, with all kinds of little animals on my body. Uh, so, so I had this fascination for non-human life, uh, non-human animal life, basically, from, from a very early age. And then later on, um, I met my ex-girlfriend uh, at that time, and we were living at her parents' house. And it, it was basically almost in the middle of a forest. So it was very near to a big forest. So um, that love for animals was still there, and, and she was also a big animal lover. So what happened is that we were, you know, rescuing wildlife uh, because, you know, you find a lot of wildlife there that, you know, has some injury or something. Yeah. So we would, we would have hedgehogs and all kinds of birds. And uh, at the point where I started to think about my meat consumption, we actually had um, a little baby raven. So we, we had this uh, baby bird um, and we're trying to get him on his feet uh, because he, when we found him, he was um, ill and injured and, uh, you know, had bugs crawling um, on him and uh, didn't really look um, as if he was in a good shape. So we took him home um, and uh, had him for a few weeks and tried to get him in a better shape to, to then release him again. Um, and at that time, um, that took... I think like in the end, it took something like two months or so. So at, at that time, I really started to reflect on my meat consumption because I just realized that on the one hand, I loved animals and I would, you know, when I would see them in distress, I would have the immediate response to try to help and try to do something about it. Um, and then it, on the other hand, I would go and buy meat and eat it. And I knew an animal has to die for that uh, in, in order for me to, to do that. So I really started to question that. And um, I, of course, I came to the uh, conclusion that it didn't make any sense what I was doing. 
So um, I just, in the end, it came down to one question. And the question for me was, because one thing that I'm always, um, you know, very, um, like, that, that is really important to me is to be, um, to be honest with myself, basically, to to not, uh, you know, fool myself into some irrational uh, thing or something that doesn't make, that is not logic. So uh, for me, it came down to the question, if I would have to kill every animal that I'm eating, if I would have to kill them myself, would I do it or wouldn't? And that was a clear no. So I thought, well, then I'm, I'm just fooling myself because I'm paying someone else to do something that I wouldn't do. Yeah. That's just very dishonest. So I didn't feel good about it. So, so that was just the reason where I said, okay, I'm going to stop eating meat. Um, and it really had nothing to do with my sport and with my, you know, love for training and, and, uh, and, and all that stuff. Because to be honest, I was pretty convinced at that time that it would hurt, uh, you know, stop, uh, stopping to eat meat would hurt my performances. Uh, but at that time, I wasn't uh, doing any competitions. I was actually trying to get my A degree uh, so that I could um, go to the university. Um, I, I was doing that on uh, um, in in an evening school, and at the same time, I was working. And then I also had a second job on the weekend, so I had a <laughs> lot of things, you know. <laughs> so training was really not important at that time. So um, it, it, although I was expecting it to hurt my training, I didn't really care because obviously, you know, your values are more important than your muscle, yeah. at least for me. <laughs> so, so I did it and then I was totally shocked because um, so it was just basically a little bit before it was while I was doing my last test for my A degree. Um, and then I got it and I started uh, studying. And that's basically in, in that uh, transition time was when I became vegetarian. And then in the next six months, I really, really exploded in terms of my um, performances. So I got heavier, I got stronger. Uh, I was doing really well in training. And that was very unexpected, as I already said. So um, that that was really the reason uh, that I was motivated to start uh, competing in strongman competitions. Because at that time, I found out there was a lightweight category. Lightweight for a strongman means up to 105 kilos. Right. <laughs> yeah, those guys are pretty heavy. So, <laughs> so 105 kilos was basically my body weight. So I thought, okay, well, if there's this, you know, weight cap, I might be able, because usually a strongman is a huge guy. They're very tall, um, you know, um, uh, traditionally. Um, and I was a strongman fan as a, as a child, you know, being someone who is fascinated with strength. I was, as, as a uh, child already, even before I touched the dumbbell for the first time, I was a strongman fan i would watch it on tv but i never thought that i would be able to compete with these guys because to me they were like giants and i'm a pretty short guy so so um you know finding out about this lightweight category i thought well i'm doing so well right now in training why don't i give this a shot so um you know went for it broke the uh, national record in 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 the lock lift which was basically most of the time my best um event right in the uh, first season that that i competed and then in the second season i won the lightweight category in germany so overall um and i did that uh two years later again so i I was lightweight champion for for two times uh and then i decided to that was in 2010 i decided to go to the heavyweight category uh because at that time um the competition in germany wasn't really um that the, the level wasn't that high 
So as a lightweight, um, the, the interesting thing in Germany is um, when you're a lightweight, you actually compete with the heavyweights on the same competition. You do basically the same things. And then in the end of the competition, you get a placing for your weight category, but you also get an overall placing compared to the heavyweight guys. Okay. So as a lightweight. So as a lightweight, I, every time that I would win, I was also fifth in the overall. So only wow. four of the heavy guys were actually better. <laughs> so that's why in 2010, I thought, well, I can give this a shot. I mean, I'm a dwarf against them, but um, I'm doing pretty well as a lightweight. So if I go a little bit heavier, I might be able to, to be competitive. Yeah. And then in the first year in the heavyweights, I was runner-up champion. And uh, in the second year, I, that was 2011, I won it. Um, and at that time, I was, you know, vegetarian for, for quite a long time. There was a break in between where I um, fell back to eating meat for a few months because I was um, experiencing a lot of health issues as a vegetarian, and um, I didn't really know where they came from. So I thought, well, I'm, I might want to try to get back to uh, my my old diet and see if it, you know, does anything. It didn't do anything, so I it was a few months, and I, I got back to being vegetarian. Um, later on, when I went vegan, I actually found out those problems were because of the massive amounts of dairy that I was um, yeah. that I was consuming. But at that time, I didn't really understand that. So in 2011, um, I win basically Germany's Strongest Man, the title for um, as, as a vegetarian. And that was, of course, for a lot of people, like basically a sensational uh, um, surprise and um, I would have a lot of headlines and all kinds of, you know, big um, newspapers. And I, I would be invited to all kinds of TV shows because I was, it was basically, I was a freak for, for most people. So <laughs> this guy somehow is the strongest guy in the country right now. So how, how is that possible? Everybody would, you know, want to, want to ask me that. Yeah. Um, and, and what I realized in that time, and now um, I have to say, when I went vegetarian, I, I never intended to be an activist. So it was just a private decision. Um, you know, as I said, it was really just me questioning my own behavior and, you know, just trying to be true to myself and my values. But I was never intending to be someone who is, you know, going to change the world in a way or, uh, you know, um, try to inspire other people. I was just doing that for myself. I would always mention it uh, in the competitions when, uh, you know, usually you have uh, kind of a host who, uh, you know, hosts the thing and I would, uh, and, and, they give you cards to mention some personal stuff on the, um, that they can then mention when they're hosting the show. And I would always mention that I'm vegetarian because I knew I was the only one. So I was trying to represent in a way, yeah. but uh, I, I didn't see myself as an activist. But then when I won the title and I had all these, you know, media coverage and, and all this um, 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 attention all, all of a sudden. Um, and, and what's really important is, I was getting a lot of feedback all of a sudden from people telling me, well, um, they saw me on TV uh, speaking about, you know, being compassionate with animals and being the strongest guy in the country. And that kind of liberated them because mostly young guys, they were afraid of talking, you know, being compassionate or, uh, you know, saying that they're compassionate because that is something, at least at that time, that's 10 years ago now, the world has changed a little bit since then. But at that time, there would be something that, uh, you know, would make them look soft, would yeah. make them look less manly. It's that kind of so, toxic, toxic masculinity, yeah. isn't it? And I yeah, think that, it's still... that, that stupidity where, you know, you have to be an asshole uh, to be a real man, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the easy way to put it. 
Okay. So, so um, and, and what, what I realized is that because I was in this position to be the strongest guy in the country, I was liberating all these young guys because, you know, I, I was just showing that compassion inside of myself. And that gave them, you know, the uh, the permission to be outspoken about their own, you know, uh, softer side uh, and not being ridiculed that because then they could say, well, you, you think that's funny? Tell that to the strongest guy in the country. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when I realized that, I thought, well, this is really powerful. Um, and I think I, I really want to use this to, you know, if, if I'm already inspiring people, I want to do that in the best way I, I can. And at that time, I knew that uh, if if it comes to, you know, reducing animal suffering, being vegetarian is just, you know, not even half the answer. It's just really just the first step. Because if you take a look at how eggs are produced, you take a look at how dairy is produced and, you know, all kinds of other animal products, um, it's terrible. So there's animal suffering all uh, over the animal industry, wherever you look. So if you want to do the, you know, the job correctly there, you want to be a vegan. Um, and uh, I think the most crucial part basically there was that Peter approached me, uh, you know, when I won the title and they wanted to do some kind of pro vegetarian campaign with me. Um, and I told them, well, there's two things uh, that need to happen uh, before I can do that. Uh, the first thing is I don't want to make anyone feel bad. So I'm not going to do a campaign where I'm shaming people or anything like that because I yeah. don't think that is something that works. No, I, yeah, I um, not not because I'm I, I don't feel it. Like I have a lot of anger in myself when I look at the world and what yeah. people are doing. But I, I know it's not convincing to basically, you know, um, you know, just just use a megaphone to um, pull all that anger out there. That's not going to do anything. So I said it's got to be funny, and it's got to be you know something that is more inspiring than. Uh, um, so that was my my first thing. And then these, the second thing was, I said, I'm not going to do a pro-vegetarian campaign. I want to do a pro-vegan campaign. But first, I have to go vegan. So you have to wait for me to go vegan. <laughs> and then we can do that. And they did it. They they waited. Um, and then I was basically trying, you know, I was just uh, um, smashing my head and trying to find out how to make this whole message funny in a way. And then I actually... Uh, myself came up with this uh with this thing uh that was then basically the claim of the campaign was uh the strongest animals in the world uh are uh, plant eaters gorillas buffaloes elephants and i yeah so, so true. And, and my idea <laughs> and my idea was actually to show these animals and then have me uh, stand um um basically besides um, but but then they said, well, it's, it would be probably funnier if we just make it a claim, and then there's this picture of you, and that's what became the campaign. And that was basically like the the, the crucial point where I made the decision, and I said, okay, if I'm gonna start being an activist, if I'm gonna start trying to inspire people, I want to do the best job that I can. Now the the scary part about that was, again, like when I went vegetarian. I was again not convinced that it would actually work. But um, when I went vegetarian, my training wasn't important. But this time I was basically on the highest uh, point of my career. Yeah. Um, and I was really terrified that I would do it and it wouldn't work. And I would be in the spotlight of everyone and just fail. Yeah. So, <laughs> because you really went scary. vegan. <laughs> yeah, that was really scary. Um. And um, so, so what I did is I just took 
my, my idea was I made the decision in late summer, like um, or, or early fall. Uh, and my idea was I would take some time until the end of the year and I would basically switch in 2012. That was the initial plan. Um, I needed that time to find out how I could reinvent my whole, you know, diet and everything. The, the most uh, problematic thing for me was there, there really wasn't a vegan, uh, you know, strength athlete who was internationally successful at that time or in the time before. So it was really unprecedented. So, uh, so I, I thought, well, if, if nobody has done it yet, yet it's probably impossible. So yeah. <laughs> see if it works or not. Um, so yeah, I took that time, but then I actually didn't need all that time. So, so I made the cut in, uh, December 1st of 2011. So, um, that's when I made the cut. And then I think in 2012, we did the Peter campaign, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. And then the rest is history because, um, again, I was completely shocked by, how, you know, all my fears were really baseless. Uh, and as I said, I had some problems when I was vegetarian with all the dairy that I was consuming. Uh, iron deficiency being one, because dairy just, you know, in big amounts blocks iron intake. I would even take supplements and I would still be deficient. It just went, you know, it just went away when, when I went vegan. Um, I had some con concentration issues. They went away. I was doing great. And then there was basically five, more years where I was competing because right now I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm retired now. Uh, I'm doing other things, but, uh, but uh, I competed un until 2016. So there was half a decade where I was still competing. I was still doing well uh, in the German circuit. Um, I, I became, I, I placed third in the, in the next two years, but that's in strongman. You, ha you have to also know that there's um, not every competition is the same. So um, uh, there, there are a lot of events and uh, in every competition, there's just like five of maybe hundred events that could uh, possibly be, be part of the competition. So every competition is completely different. Um, so it's really hard to kind of take that as a measure and say, well, uh, he didn't win the title again. So that's, uh, you know, he, he, he obviously uh, didn't get stronger. Uh, a better measure to, uh, to see that is if you take just, um, basically your numbers in the gym, uh, and, and, uh, in competitions. And what you would see there is that I was increasing my numbers and my performances in every lift for five years. So it's the strongest I've ever been five years after going vegan. Uh, and of course that was not something that I expected. No. Um, why do you think that was then? I mean, what were you sort of, obviously you were cutting out the eggs and the dairy, which we know mm -hmm. dairy sort of linked to, numerous health problems isn't it and inflammation and things like that but what were you adding yeah. in that you think helped you i think you don't really add to uh, have to add in anything um the, the logic is pretty plain and simple um you have to do it right and doing it right means you um you understand what my uh, what macronutrients are you understand what micronutrients are and how the body works and what it needs to perform you give your body everything that you were giving it before going vegan, basically. So you make sure you get enough protein. You make sure you get all your vitamins. You just use plant sources to do all that. Okay. So that means you're vegan now. And what happens is you still got everything that your body needs to work. All the good stuff is still there, but you're just cutting out stuff like dairy that, you know, causes problems. Like I uh, explained. Uh, and eggs who, you know, uh, cause other problems. 
and meat that uh, causes, you know, that stays in the stomach for way too long and causes inflammation. And so you're basically just taking out all the bad stuff. And then also another important thing is um, that if you take a look statistically on, um, you know, um, uh, pathogens uh, in food, um, 80% of those pathogens like salmonella and, and, and stuff like that, it's always associated with animal foods. Exactly, so, you know, yeah. basically everything that hurts your body is usually somehow associated with, uh, with animal foods. Uh, and you take all of that away, but your body still gets all the good stuff. Of course, yeah. you're going to do better. So, so that's something that a lot of uh, people misunderstand because they think like, so uh, when, when I, um, you know, tell them about it, they think the message is that you go vegan and then miraculously some, somehow you get, you know, super strong. That's of course not the case. You have to do the homework and you Such have to do shame. it right. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do it right, it's going to always be better than with animal products because with animal products, you just, the, the whole, the, the whole package just includes so much stuff that hurts the body. Of course, there's also vitamins in, uh, and, you know, animal products and there, there's also good stuff in them, but they also always come with baggage. Yeah. And with plant foods, it's not the same. Plant foods usually have, overall a way better package you know uh, and 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 don't hurt the body as much so that's just um, i would say that's the reason why i was doing better than before yeah so what's your diet like then what do you eat you know on an average day yeah so um i i grew up um, i'm born in iran i'm ethnically i'm armenian um and um then when i was 7 we came to germany so my mom uh, usually uh, when, when you know when she cooked, uh, she she would cook a lot of Persian dishes and, and stuff like that. Um, and then I always loved um, um, Indian cuisine, so everything and also everything that is really hot and spicy. So um, I've even even as a child, I, I already like would eat very very hot food. <laughs> so, so so that's uh, something uh, that that is still there. So I, I love everything that really. Um, Hurts the tongue, <laughs> um, and then everything that is uh, that is um, crispy is also great. Yeah, uh, and, and and now I'm 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 married to to a German uh, wife, so um, we also cook a lot of you know European uh, uh, influenced foods. But we both like you know a lot of variety, so so we actually eat you know more Asian uh, influenced stuff. Um, it's it's you know but I think my my favorites are mostly Indian dishes, um, like um, one of my favorites is for instance um, it's just basically a, a stew um, of um, it's a tandoori um, chickpea stew basically um, and it's you know tandoori and and, and curry uh, spices and um, and then I just eat that with rice and that gives me a lot of protein it gives me good fats gives me a lot of um, um, carbs and and also a lot of uh, fiber. So uh, it's a great dish, really yeah. tastes well. And uh, yeah, so, so basically I would say I eat a lot of legumes with a lot of rice okay. if I want to make it really short. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then also from time to time, uh, fake meats and, you know, meat replacements and, and stuff like that. Because and it's mostly really not because I'm mis I'm missing the meat or anything, but it's just so easy to um, you know because you you don't have to reinvent a lot of stuff if you just replace the real thing 
with something else that has the same nutrients, basically. Uh, and that just makes it way easier. So especially for someone who transitions, it's so much easier to do it that way than to try to really reinvent every single meal and, um, you know, do, do everything from scratch. Yeah. So that's also a big part of, you know, how I eat. So you've been working with Greenforce, haven't you? Who um, It's a company that we actually reviewed on last week's episode. And it's kind of like meat replacements, but it's in a powdered mix, isn't it? So it's really mm-hmm. good in terms of like um, sort of low carbon footprints, um, you know, packaging, things like that. And you just add water, don't you? And then kind of make up your own sausages or meatballs or burgers or fish cakes. They've got like loads in the range. So you'd you'd recommend those as like a good high protein sort of thing to have in your diet if you're trying to build muscle. Yeah, absolutely. So the, one of the reasons why uh, why I decided to work with Green Force is well, reason number one was I taste you know I, I just tried the the products that they had back in back when I started working with them it was just three products that they had now they have I don't know like. 30 or something like that yeah. they have a whole variety of you know international uh uh things and and all kinds of stuff so um but back then it was just uh basically um three three products so one was the burger and then there was uh um um i don't know what what what, what the english word for it is what it was in in german it's frikadelle i don't know i have oh, to yeah. look it up <laughs> meatballs yeah um, my um my mother-in-law's Danish and they call it frikadella meatballs. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that's that. And then they had the, um, the ground, uh, meat basically. Um, so, um, and, and I tried the product, especially the, the, the burger patty. Um, I was just blown away. It was really, um, the best burger patty that I have ever tasted. And I have to say, I'm probably also a little bit special with, with the taste that I have. So as I said, I don't, at all uh, miss the the taste of meat so when it comes to meat replacements for me it's great if they're close but i don't want them to be that close that i'm i don't know anymore if it's meat or if it isn't yeah, so I, I don't want to be unsure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so for me it's it's the burger is just great because it's not like over the top meaty it's not like you know like the beyond meat burger where uh, you have blood in it and it's yeah. like I'm, I'm sorry, but I would find that gross. It's yeah. just too close for me, right? Nothing against them, but it, uh, that's just my taste. Uh, so for me, it was just really the perfect patty. I, uh, I ate way too much of it. <laughs> uh, so that was really reason number one, because as I said, for me, it's really important to always be true to myself. So I cannot go out and, you know, tell people, you know, you know, advertise something that I really don't like and don't believe in myself. So that was important for me that I would really like uh, the products. And then another reason was that um, this system with uh, that you get, you get a powder instead of getting the finished product. It just, you know, ecologically, it just makes so much sense because, you know, transport costs are lower. The packaging is also, you know, very sustainable. Um, and then you make it when you need it. So you, it doesn't have to refrigerate, uh, to be refrigerated. So that's another reason why you, you know, need less energy. So yeah. that's something that I really like. And then the final thing is because the powder usually has a very, you know, it's, it's, it's different for the different mixes. It depends what the product is, but most of the products are pretty low in fat and very high in protein and, and, and uh, fiber. So 
that's the base product that you have. And then you usually you add some fat into it. What that means is that as an athlete, when I, you know, my, my diet is changing over time. So sometimes I want to gain weight and then sometimes I want to lose weight. So I can really, um, you know, customize the product to my needs. So that is something really, really great uh, as well that I get this control over, you know, how the micronutrients and the product are. Um, that's also something very unique, of course. Uh, if you buy a product that is already, you know, done, you don't have that. Yeah, some burgers are so soaked in fat. I did some last night, actually, or my husband did. And I was just trying to pat it all out with some kitchen roll because I was just horrified at how fatty they were. So I think you yeah. know, a, lot, a lot of us kind of think, oh, it's processed. It's bad. But, you know, one thing we try and sort of say on, on the podcast is that not all processed products are the same. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's just not black and white. It's also like um, th- there can be huge problems with going 100% raw, for instance. So um, like w- when I look at uh, vegans that that fail, that, that try veganism and then fail, and a lot of them like do that very publicly, most of the cases that I know are raw vegans. Uh, and I think that has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, going 100% raw really makes it so much uh, harder um, to, to do it. And there's really no good reason like to go 100% vegan there are very good ethical reasons for it. If it's, you know, uh, social justice, generational justice, the animals, environment, there are so many good reasons for it. But going 100% raw, not really good reasons. So so what you're doing is you're, you're making it so much harder for yourself, but there's really no good reasons. And then they would, of course, say, well, it's healthier. And I would uh, disagree with that because um, it's healthy to have a lot of unprocessed food in your diet. But I don't really think it's healthy to go 100% because there are some foods where it just makes sense to process them. Because like, for instance, soy, it just makes a lot of sense to process it because if you don't process it, there's a lot of problematic stuff in it that need, you know, you you have to cook it. You have to do something with it. Uh, Potatoes is the same. You cannot just take potatoes and eat them. So, (laughs) so so, So I don't think it's healthier. And at the same time, it's making it so much harder. So, yeah. and, and I'm a big believer in making things easy and, com- you know, as comfortable as, as possible for people, because I know most people are just really, they're stressed. They have a lot to do. They, they have a very busy life. So for them, it's hard to like, as an athlete, I can, you know, have my life circle around my diet and, and basically give that, you know, give that aspect of my life a lot of room because it's an important aspect of my life as an athlete. But if you're someone who is just, you know, trying to survive in this busy, noisy world, um, you, you you just sometimes need something that is easy and, and that just gives your body what it needs. Um, so I'm I'm really a big believer. And if, if we want veganism to succeed, we have to make it easy for people and, you know, accessible, as accessible as possible. Yeah, such a good point. Um, let's just talk quickly about the game changers. So what impact has this had? I watched it again um, the other night just to remind myself of it. I mean, it's just <laughs> incredible seeing you carrying those four guys along. I'm just like, what? Yeah, what impact has it had for you personally? Um, it's So the, the funny thing with the film is that um, um, James Wilkes, the, the producer and the narrator basically of the whole thing, he had the idea to make this film back in 2012. So he, he basically went vegan the same uh, time that I went vegan. 
And he connected with me pretty early on. And that was the time where he did all this research and he just basically, you know, couldn't believe that everything that he had believed in uh, for, 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 for his whole life, basically all of a sudden seemed to be flawed and, and, and uh, you know, just uh, BS. So he contacted me and he had this idea to make this film about, um, and it was really in, in the beginning, it was very centered on the idea to um, give a different view of masculinity, basically. The idea was let's take athletes who are in very, you know, stereotypically masculine sports like fighting and weightlifting and, and stuff that you usually, you know, associate with, with masculinity and then basically use that as a vehicle to give a different you know, view on, uh, because back in the day, there was this stigma about veganism, as I already, you know, uh, um, spoke about in the, in the beginning of uh, this interview, um, that it, it is something very feminine and, you know, like, um, vegans are basically, um, not very manly. Um, it's, um, and, and, uh, the idea was to kind of debunk that, that that was the core idea of the whole thing. And then it developed into something way bigger and way more broad and, um and, and and we when when we started actually so so he contacted me and asked me if uh if i would want want to be part of it and i immediately said yes because basically the idea of the film was exactly what i was trying to do in in public i was trying to achieve the same goal but i was just doing it with interviews and, yeah. and stuff like that and and and, and uh, competitions and he was trying to make a film as a platform for that so I said I would do it, and we actually basically um, when 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 we did it the first time, he, it was just him. It was just one person with a camera, so, so it was wow. just him with the camera. He just came and we did an interview. We trained together, and he filmed all of that. Um, and then with time, so so when it was uh, published, I think that was in 2019. So with 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 time, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger because it, it basically gathered more and more traction until we reached the point where James Cameron came on board. And then it, of course, exploded into something way bigger than before. Yeah. So, so that was just basically the course of events. Um, and for me, it was just so great to see because if, if it, was, if it uh, was something that we would have produced in one year or two years, then this, uh, you know, the, the kind of explosion that happened uh, after it was published with, you know, uh, my, my own life and, and everything around myself, um, it, it would would have been even more shocking, but this way it was kind of something that I I could see coming because because we started working on it in 2012 and then it came out like seven years later. Wow, so yeah, a long time. It was, I, yeah, I was seeing that grow and I was expecting everything that happened. I was expecting that to happen. You know, a lot of attention, a lot of love, but also a lot of backlash from people who didn't like the um, the whole message. Of course, um, you always have those. Uh, yeah. And I expected all of it, and it all came true. <laughs> <laughs> Could Arnold Schwarzenegger was involved as well, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, he was exactly. He was an executive producer. He's of course a buddy of uh, uh, James Cameron's. So um, that was, uh, I think, that was basically the way that he got into it. And uh, also at that time, he was, I think, he was just recovering from a heart uh, uh, surgery. Um, and he was using a predominantly vegetarian kind of diet. So he wasn't, he, he was never 100% vegetarian or anything, but uh, he was cutting back on meat a lot. So he would, you know, eat way less meat uh, for health reasons. 
So that's the angle that that uh, we had with his interview um, yeah. and, and um, having him in the film. I think so many people, especially men, um, were you know watched that film and decided to either cut down their meat intake or you know really take the plunge and go vegan. Building muscle, it's not just about looking good, is it? There was a Guardian article published yesterday with a study about um, the fact that half an hour of muscle strengthening activity, like lifting weights or even just, I think it quoted heavy gardening. Um, (laughs) You need to do quite a lot of heavy gardening to get (laughs) to your size. Um, But it helps reduce the risk of dying from any cause by as much as a fifth, which is is insane. So why is that? Why is muscle so important? Yeah, I think um, if you, so it, I'm not sure if it's the muscle itself. Of course, if, once you get older, um, the body starts to, you know, lose mu- a lot of muscle uh, at, 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 at some point. So um, that's when, uh, if you have some kind of physical activity and, you know, the gym is just a great way to do that because it's very controlled. The injury risk is less than, you know, with gardening, there's always some stuff that can happen. You can <laughs> You can drop something on your foot or True. whatever it is. Yeah, so you're just basically mimicking what a human being would normally do in the wild, right? So when 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 we would live in the jungle, we would have to lift a lot of heavy stuff. We would have to, you know, probably uh, run away from some animals who want to eat us. Yeah. And if we wouldn't want to, and if we would actually want to eat another animal, we would have to catch it. Yeah. So, so that's very different. <laughs> It's very different from the way of life that we have in a civilized world where, uh, you know, you get everything basically just just comes into your mouth prepared. Um, So, of course, if you go, if you're closer to that natural kind of way um, uh, of of, of life that our body was actually designed for, that's always going to be better for us. Um, And and what, what, you know, gym training does is just uh, give you a very safe way to, you know, to, to give the body the stimuli that it needs to, you know, uh, stay healthy and, and stay functioning on, on, a, on a high level. And then how high that level is, that's, you know, basically then up to everybody, uh, um, uh, uh, up to yourself. Um, some people just want to stay healthy and then some people go insane like I did for a lot of years. But um, t- today I'm also more leaning towards just trying to stay healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Have a nice rest. (laughs) Oh, Patrick, it's been absolutely amazing to speak to you. I really could chat to you just all day long. Your story is just so, you know, inspiring. Um, Just to finish, what tips would you give to anyone who wants to build muscle on a plant-based diet? What, you know, what should they be including? Protein powder, anything like that? Yeah. So usually when when, uh, people have a hard time with, uh, you know, with, uh, with muscle building and a plant-based diet, it's, it's because they're not eating uh, the right amount of macronutrients that they need. Because with plant foods, usually a lot of the, especially, you know, healthy foods, um, they come with a lot of fiber or with a lot of water. Like, you know, if you take veggies, they come with a lot of water and a lot of volume. So that makes it hard to get enough actual calories uh, into your body to, to be able to, you know, perform and, and train and build muscle. Um, and in order to do that, it's, it's really not that hard. You just have to choose the right sources, which means basically legumes for protein, grains also for protein, but uh, also for good carbs. Um, and then 
one crucial thing is a lot of variety. So, um, so usually, as I said, if, if people fail, it's because they're not eating enough, basically. So if you make sure that you eat enough, and that means to just look for, if, if you're struggling with it, you just have to look for things that are more calorie dense. Like, you know, like my final, uh, my, my, my favorite um, example is peanuts. Not because I'm terribly into peanuts, but, <laughs> but peanuts is just a great example because you, we usually see it as a snack. But it also comes, 100 grams of peanuts also comes with 25 grams of uh, protein. So a quarter of, of the weight of, uh, of peanuts is protein. That's, a, that's actually more than a steak. So wow. it has a lot of protein. Yeah, it has a lot of great fats. Um, so it gives you also a lot of you know, energy and, and, and calories to, um, to function. So, you know, you just have to look for these things that are calorie dense, that give you a lot of protein. Um, and it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's really not, not any different uh, from what I was doing when I was still eating meat. And when I was still eating meat, I would look for things that are high protein and uh, give me a lot of calories. And I'm still doing the same thing. I'm just choosing, you know, plant foods. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, we must have you on again at some point in the future so we can talk some more. You're an absolute inspiration. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you. Well, that's it from us for this week. Don't forget to subscribe on your platform of choice and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at Simply Vegan Podcast. We'll see you on Tuesday when myself and Molly will be back with our usual vegan chat. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.